Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Generally, how much that property is going to cost, market value, and also renovation costs. You want to be able to calculate in your head how much it would cost to renovate the way that you need to be able to either flip it or rent it for the amount that you want. As a loyal Best Ever listener, you know that it's important that we as entrepreneurs focus on managing our time effectively, which is why we're always looking for ways to automate the basic duties of our business so that we can focus more time on our money-making activities. That's why I want to introduce you to Rentler.com. At Rentler, landlords and property managers can perform all their duties in one place. Rentler offers tools that allow you to automate tasks like listing a unit for rent, finding and screening tenants, collecting rent, and managing the maintenance requests. And even better, these tools are offered at zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R dot com forward slash best ever to get started today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Brian Prasad. How you doing, Brian? Hey, amazing. Thanks so much for having me on. My pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Brian. He is a broker and owner of Brian Prasad Real Estate Team. He's covered over 70 real estate topics on his TV show Inside Toronto Real Estate. And he has written a book on Toronto Real Estate. And he is based in, obviously, Toronto, Ontario. So with that being said, Brian, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Yes, I was in university. I read this book. Actually, taking a step back, I was in university, my Indian. So, you know, obviously going to university, your parents want you to become a doctor, lawyer, engineer. So I signed up for like the pre-med program at U of T. By my second year, I realized I had nothing in common with the people that was in my class. And it was like a really tough time because I did not want to do it at all. So instead of going to class, I was skip out and go to bookstores and came across a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And have you heard of the book? <laughs> a couple times, yes. Yeah. So what's the biggest thing about the book? Passive income, right? Yep. So I wanted to get passive income so I could like live this awesome life. And at the time, the best way I thought to making passive income is through real estate. So I got my dad to co-sign for a property and I was making $1,000 a month cash flow 
at the time while university and making a thousand dollars a month, it's kind of like you're financially free because you don't have that much expenses. So I was going to school, living the life, making a thousand dollars a month, just hanging out while my friends had to work. So I'm like, wow, there's some things to this real estate. So that's how I got into it. And because I was so young investing into it, it led me to go to real estate clubs. People asked me to speak, did speak engagements, got me a book deal, got me a TV show. I was flipping houses. And then I realized that, you know what? Real estate agents make a lot of the money when you're doing the deals. So I decided to become a real estate agent because I was really good at finding really good investment properties. So instead of investing and flipping it, I decided that, hey, why not sell it to people and make them make money? Mm -hmm. And going back to what you said, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, the primary message is passive income. You've now shifted to active income. So how do you reconcile that? I think for most people, instead of looking to get passive income right at the beginning, you should look up to build a lot of capital so you could reinvest it and then get passive income from that. It's very hard for someone who's getting into real estate, develop passive income just from having no seed capital at all. So you have to build up the nest egg and then you could go after the passive income. But reconciling it now that I'm at a point where, you know, I got a lot of passive income coming in, I enjoy the challenge of real estate and I think I would be bored just hanging out in Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah, there, there's only so many trips to the beach you can do. With the passive income front that you said you've got coming in, what have you invested in? You know what? A lot of people are like, hey, get into stocks, get into crypto. Weed stocks is amazing. I got these great stock tips, mutual funds. And I just invest in buying houses, basement apartments, getting cash flow from them, and kind of sitting back and waiting for it to go up in value. That's the only thing I do. And then when it goes up in value, do you do anything to cash out some of that value and reinvest or do you leave it there? I kind of leave it there because I used to sell a lot and I kind of regretted all the sales that I made. So I just kind of focus on building up the wealth by keeping the properties, focusing on having the tenants pay down the mortgage. And then all I do is just work to be able to get more. And really, if we in Toronto, we're able to buy three houses. And with the rental income in 25 years after you pay down that mortgage, you can make making three grand from each property cash flow. That's $9,000 a month. A lot of people could live off of that. So you don't need to have that many properties to have the passive income to retire on. So I don't really focus so much on the numbers of getting a lot of property. I just want to get a few really good ones that will cash flow a lot after I pay down their mortgages. When you define good ones, other than cash flowing, are there other factors that you look at prior to purchasing? Yeah, I definitely look at properties that have upside potential. Is it going to go up in value? Even though when I plug in my numbers, I'm doing it, it's only going to go up 1% or 2% per year. But I want to be able to beat that. And generally, the properties where I buy into go up 10, 15, 20% last year, they've gone up. So, yeah, I want the cash flow, but I also want to buy in an area that has some good upside potential. And we know how to spot that where development's occurring, where transit investing is happening, 
or other big condo builders are building up the area, retail is coming in, Starbucks is coming in, all that stuff. I want to invest in those areas, but still have cash flow. You mentioned four things just a second ago, development, transit, other condos being built, and Starbucks. Any of those weighted more than the others and anything else that you look at to see where an area could beat the market for appreciation? To be honest, if you're looking in an area and saying, hey, this is a good area because Starbucks is invested in there, you're probably late to the party. Starbucks, the real estate people that work with Starbucks don't take risks on neighborhoods and they only go after doing a lot of research and the neighborhood's already established, then they come in. When you're looking at areas that are going to go up in value, I guess the biggest thing that you have to look at is how cheap is it relative to the neighboring areas that are around it? Like, for example, if you're in an area that is surrounded by million-dollar homes and that house is only in a $500,000 neighborhood, eventually that neighborhood that's in the $500,000 neighborhood is going to start to catch up to the million-dollar neighborhood because folks are not going to be able to afford million plus. They're going to be able to go into a cheaper area and they start driving up the prices. They start renovating in the area and that also drives up pricing. So I generally look at areas where it's close to neighborhoods or cities that are going through huge price appreciation. And you can find neighborhoods like that in any city. Yes, you sure can. That's a great, great tip for everyone when we look at properties. When you think of your portfolio and the purchases you've made, what's been the least favorite investment? When I first started to invest, I wanted to get as much numbers under my belt saying, hey, I'm the guy with 30 properties. I have 40 properties. I wanted to be that guy. So I was rushing out to all these weird small towns in and around Ontario buying stuff. And those are the properties that had the worst tenants, didn't go up in value at all because they were in the middle of nowhere. No city was giving that ripple effect of high price growth. And they were so far away, they were nightmares to manage. And you either have to pay someone to do it, or you're going to be driving there yourself to do the work. And if it's like three, four, five hours away, it's not fun. So I used to invest in these small towns to beef up my numbers, to tell people eagle-wise that, hey, I got all these properties. Those were the worst investments. And in Mm -hmm. fact, some of those properties after 10 years haven't even gone up in value at all. And I can't sell them. And you just kind of have to keep them. Other people who invested into them, they weren't as fortunate as I was. And they foreclosed on it, walked away, screwed up their credit because they were impossible to sell. They just don't go up in value and they just can take the tenant problems. When you look at Toronto relative to other markets that you're familiar with, what excites you about Toronto? One of the biggest things about Toronto that's amazing is that it's finally coming in its own as an international center. We produce the best baseball players in the world the best singers, we have amazing restaurants, the best hockey players, obviously. So around the world, we're starting to be noticed. And as a result, there is a lot of capital flowing in from other countries. And when you think of cities where capital is flowing in, what comes to mind? Like for you, when you think of international cities, what comes to mind? 
international cities where money's coming into it? Yes. I don't know, somewhere in China? <laughs> I think of cities where money's flowing into it are cities like New York, London, Paris, L.A., Chicago. These are cities where, because they're internationally known, people want to bring money here. And as a result, real estate values are going to go up significantly. I just don't see that in other cities. Like, for example, in Orlando, they don't go up as much as we do because, yeah, a lot of Canadians buy there and a lot of Australians buy there, but it's not as well known internationally. And as a result, the prices don't go up as much. In Kentucky, they have amazing music and everything else. Memphis, everywhere, amazing places to live great music scenes, good jobs and stuff like that coming in, but they don't have that international demand. And as a result, the prices don't go up as much as they do over here consistently. That's what is really exciting about Toronto is that we're a destination for investment. When you think back to your investing approach and you were to give advice to others, what would your best real estate investing advice be? You have to really understand the numbers of things. If you're investing in a market, you want to be able to look on the map or on Zillow or whatever, instantly know generally how much that property is going to cost market value and also renovation costs. You want to be able to calculate in your head how much it would cost to renovate the way that you need to be able to either flip it or rent it for the amount that you want. So that's really important, knowing your numbers. And I think the only way you do that is you have to get dirty analyzing properties on your spreadsheet or on your calculator and going out to see, talking to tradespeople and getting estimates. And after you see enough, you're going to be able to calculate things on your head. And what happens when you're able to calculate things in your head? You're able to do things a lot quicker. So you'll be able to move a lot quicker than a lot of investors because you see these opportunities and you'll know what's an opportunity, what's not instantly. Any approach that you'd suggest for how to run the numbers? Well, there's two factors in the numbers. There's the cost of the property. In order to do that, you have to know the neighborhoods that you're investing into to know the housing type. You're going to have to know what's the renovation cost in neighborhoods. You're going to have to get a lot of renovation estimates and you might want to sit down with the spreadsheet What's the linear cost per square foot of baseboards? What's the cost per square foot for insulation of flooring? And what's the cost for putting in a kitchen? You're going to have to know all these things. So you're going to have to talk to the tradespeople to do that. And then the second step is you're going to have to know the income. What kind of rents are you going to be able to get in that neighborhood? What will you be able to push the rents to? The market is not currently saying that you can get a rent for this amount because a lot of places that we rent out, we push the envelope on getting high rents because we make really awesome spaces. So you're going to have to know those two things really well. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. You looking for a one-stop landlording software that helps you create listings, find and screen tenants, and accept rental payments while managing maintenance requests? Oh, by the way, it's zero cost to you. Go to tryrentler.com forward slash best ever. That's T-R-Y-R-E-N-T-L-E-R.com forward slash best ever. Are you seeking investors, negotiating deals, and making things happen? The Seven Figure Sales Podcast has exactly what you need. Host Taylor Lote 
interviews real estate investors, sales trainers, and successful entrepreneurs to bring you their top sales secrets. Learn more at sevenfiguresalespodcast.com and listen on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Brian, best ever book you've read? Oh, man, I read so many books. What comes to mind? I guess Rich Dad, Poor Dad, because I mentioned it, because, but it's so basic. I think there's a lot of better books out there, but Rich Dad, Poor Dad is the one that comes to mind. What's a more advanced book that you can think of that's been helpful? The book that I read just recently that I really enjoyed was Joppa Wilmot, Extreme Ownership. That is a really great book. If you want to be able to be a go-getter, be a leader, you got to read that book. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about already? Mistake that I made on a transaction when I'm looking to buy a place, forgetting to put in the appliances in there and the seller takes them all away. Best ever deal you've done? Real estate wise, I found a property that was really, really, really hard to sell in a really Chinese friendly neighborhood. The house had bad feng shui. No one wanted to buy it, and we found an Italian couple that wanted to buy it. We made $100,000 in a couple of weeks because everyone was avoiding the property. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I really like to encourage a lot of people on social media. There's a lot of negativity on social media, people complaining about things. So if I were ever to see some people doing anything, I would really try to encourage them, send books their ways. The biggest thing we've ever did is me and my partner, we sponsored a family from Syria that comes to Toronto in a war-torn area. We were really happy about that, really proud about that. One of the biggest ways that we've given back is sponsor an entire family. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? you Google me. I'm pretty active on social media, Facebook, Instagram. Just Google Brian Prasad. You'll be able to find me. Well, Brian, thank you for being on the show and talking about your investing approach how you run the numbers, how you identify different areas to invest in particular, making sure that they cash flow, but then look for potential upside so that appreciation beats other areas in the market and things you look for, new developments, transit, other condos. You said if Starbucks is there, it might be a little too late, but look at areas that are next to where there's a lot going on or just next to really nice neighborhoods. And you might get the flow from the first neighborhood to your neighborhood. And lastly, buying a lot of properties might be good for the ego, but bad for the balance sheet. So taking into account where we're buying the properties. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Are you seeking investors, negotiating deals and making things happen? The seven figure sales podcast has exactly what you need. Host Taylor Lote interviews real estate investors, sales trainers, and successful entrepreneurs to bring you their top sales secrets. Learn more at sevenfiguresalespodcast.com and listen on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.